you're up awfully early. If you find yourself having to burn the midnight oil, give DeLuna Coffee's Midnight Shift a shot. This blend is pure Pensacola. DeLuna Coffee, in conjunction with the Pensacola Police Department, created this medium dark roast to make sure the city is caffeinated. A portion of every bag of Midnight Shift sold is donated to the Rally Foundation for Childhood Cancer Research. Try it or one of their over two dozen blends and get a discount when you use the promo code WARCHANT15. Visit thelunacoffee.com and check out their Facebook and Instagram. From Tally to Cali, it's time to wake up. Wake up, wake up. Warchant.com is your ultimate seminal sports source. And this is Wake Up Warchant, presented by Corner Pocket Bar and Grill. One more corner pocket. Now here's Warchant.com's ass on Hutch of Andy oh, oh, and Corey oh, oh. Clark. Welcome on into Wake Up Board Jam, presented by the Corner Pocket Bar and Grill, Tallahassee, Florida. Coming up on today's show, we get you set and ready for the Florida State-Florida game. 7.30 kickoff here in Tallahassee, and we pick some winners. Corner Pocket Bar and Grill, Tallahassee, Florida, cptallybar.com. That is the website. Do check it out. Lunch special on this fabulous Friday, chicken strip basket. Hand-breaded, served with a dipping sauce or tossed in a sauce if you're choosing. All these specials. Available 11 a.m. to 3 p.m. Monday through Friday. Friday, obviously, being today, and the chicken strip basket is the special. If you can't make it a doke, man, feel like you're going to probably miss out on something pretty, pretty nice. But head over to the corner pocket bar and grill. Plenty to do. Plenty of games going on. Billiards, darts, anything. Cold beer, hot women, somebody once said. Check it out, the corner pocket bar and grill. All right, coming up on today's show, myself, Corey Clark, Wake Up War Champ. We sat down with Tom Lang to kind of get a good feel for what we could see potentially playing out against Florida later tonight when the Knolls wrap up their regular season. Interesting little side note here. If Florida State is actually able uh, to knock off Florida tonight, that will push Mike Norvell above 500 in his career here in Tallahassee, which whatever. But it would also tie the series up against the Gators when it comes to playing here in Tallahassee. As you should know, the series took a long while to finally be played in Tallahassee, and the Gators took advantage of that. Uh, the Gators are 14-13-1 all-time in Tallahassee. So if the Knolls can win out tonight, we'll tie the series when it comes to playing it here in Tallahassee. So that's something to keep an eye on as well. All right, without further ado then, Corey, Tom Lang, myself, talking Knolls, talking Gators. Let's go. As advertised to preview the game, Coming up later tonight, 7.30, ABC. You can see him and Jeff Cameron live in living color or in the flesh if you choose to as part of War Chant Game Day presented by Zaxby's. Tom Lang, director of original content, executive producer of aforementioned Jeff Cameron Show. Tom, how are you, man? Fired up for this game, guys. This is a big one. And this is an atmosphere that, you know, I thought we got robbed of uh, when Florida State was unable to close the deal with NC State. And Clemson was going to be just one heck of an atmosphere if they won that football game. You get it here, though. The blowout of the Hurricanes means that tonight is going to be a big-time, memorable setting at Doe Campbell's. Can't wait to see it. I like how Tom's talking the future tense. Uh, we recorded this beforehand, as we mentioned, at the top of the show. But sticking with yeah. character, shout out to Tom. Tom, when are doors opening atop the Hotel Indigo and uh, the, the Deets, as the kids say? Do they say Deets still, Corey? Does Absolutely, yeah. Brady says that all the time. He's like, what's the deets with this homework, Dad? Are you going to make me do it? 
And I go, yeah, man, please, please stop failing classes. Oh, stop it. Don't put him on blast like that, Dad. Come on, man. Hey, he's got to learn somehow. Anyway, this isn't about Brady. What do you, what do you got there, T. Lang? Well, if Brady was asking me what time the doors open, I'd say, Brady, it's 4 o'clock. You know this. It's 4 mm, o'clock right. and uh, 4.30 show live at Top Hotel Indigo. It's such a great view of Doak and the tailgate lots. If you want to feel the energy uh, ahead of the game tonight, Friday night, then you want to be with us, Hotel Indigo. Four o'clock doors open. They've got a bar on the first floor in their lobby area, too, which is, you know, if you want to catch the World Cup match against England at two, you're more than free to do so. But it's going to be a chock full day, guys. I just this is I, I hate that the season's over, but I'm, you know, the regular season. But I'm glad that it goes out with a bang like this. Absolutely. All right. So as we record this, I think Florida State is still like, what, like a nine point favorite or so. It seems like, you know, the only real way Florida State can lose this game is that if the other quarterback just kind of plays out of his, I don't know, would it be saying playing out of his mind, Tom, or would it just be like a confluence of his best performances of the year all into one, which is possible, I guess. But, you know, as the Florida State fan listening to this, you feel better that you don't need the miracle to win. It seems like Florida kind of needs a miraculous effort out of their quarterback to win. But he's a talented yeah. dude. Oh, he certainly is. Um, I, it's probably a gross oversimplification, but, you know, it's a coin flip with Anthony Richardson about which one you're going to get. And some of the games, uh, Tennessee was an example. Some of his best moments there were unbelievable. Three for 400 against Vandy. Certainly Georgia wasn't one of those days for him. But his best throws, you can see why NFL boards have him mocked to go, you know, somewhere in the first 100, 150 picks. I've seen him as high as the first round in some mock drafts, which I think is a little strong, but there is real clay to mold at the next level. Uh, Anthony Richardson just sometimes is not that buttoned up and detailed, but the best of what he can do can keep Florida in this football game. Uh, but it's going to have to be Florida getting into the 30-point plateau plus if they want to stick with Florida State for 60 minutes. Richardson is much – this is much different. Where Florida's a flawed team, they're not as flawed as Miami was, where it just – that felt like that was going to be academic. This one has to be a little bit different. Florida State's defense has to be ready to play physically in order to get some stops. And if they do get a few stops early, then look out because uh, the, the Knowles offense could set the pace here. And I think, Tom, when you look at this game, uh, you know, I know Florida plays in the mighty, mighty SEC, but – I think you could make the argument that other than Georgia, which is a whole different class, this is the best defense that Anthony Richardson has seen. Um, yes. I think statistically it probably is. I think if you look at the efficiency models, it might be second or third, like maybe behind Kentucky as well. Um, but man, this has been a this is a very good defense that he's a, that he's about to go up against, and and that's something you know A and M has a very good defense, but not that day because nope. the whole defense was out with the flu. So. South Carolina doesn't have a very good defense and just go down the list. They don't play defense in the SEC anymore, gang. But uh, but so do you think that's something that Florida State should be able to take advantage of? It's just that I know Florida's done some nice things running the ball and some nice things in, ge in general on offense, but they have not seen an, a defense quite like this except for the Georgia game. No, I totally agree. And in watching some of the stuff this week to you know write a column on what Anthony Richardson is based upon his past performances, I was stunned at watching the Florida offense say against Tennessee because we were doing the pregame show when that game was being conducted. And I remember watching the end with Aslan as Florida recovered the onside kick. And we were saying, oh, my God, is Tennessee really going to mm. blow this game? And really, honestly, that game was actually more nip and tuck than the score in the fourth quarter would have you believe. There was a turnover in the red zone for Florida. You don't really care about all those details. Here's the point is that I was actually 
taken aback at how little Florida could run the ball between the tackles on Tennessee, their traditional run. You see what Billy Napier wants to do and wants to be. It's going to be physical and it's going to be straight ahead. Whereas, you know, some of the runs in this offense right now in Tallahassee are counter and also outside zone. Billy wants to run between the tackles straight ahead. And I don't think they can do that against this Florida State group, especially with a group up front that's only played two of the last four games when you're talking about substitutions for blowouts. Yeah. This front for Florida State is going to be remarkably fresh for a short week, and Fabian Lovett changes what they can be as a run defense. And a lot of Anthony Richardson's numbers are predicated on play action. I don't know that Florida can get to play action, guys, unless they run Anthony Richardson himself a lot or they give up on what it is they want to do, which is the straight-ahead run. I think they're going to need some tricks and misdirections in order to be more successful against this Florida State defense. But like to your point, Aslan, in the beginning, they're the ones that have to stack up and make a case as to why this game's going to be close. It's not the other way around. And we've been doing the other thing for a lot of game previews for the last four or five years. Well, how much needs to go right for Florida State to make this interesting? Uh, you're, you're correct, Corey. This is a defense that, uh, I don't know, outside of Georgia has been rivaled in terms of what Florida's going to see. You know, I had one of my eyes on the screen, my laptop up top doke during the Louisiana game, watching the Vanderbilt game. And, you know, Vanderbilt seemed in control for most of it, and the throws were there to be made for Anthony Richardson. He missed a lot of it, but he still ended the day with 400 yards, so it must have been like the fourth quarter he really turned it on. Um, you know, his arm is strong as all get out, man. It's just it's something kind of to behold. But I don't know, man. It doesn't seem like he can layer it all that great. I don't want to say like touch, but his accuracy seems to be obviously up and down. I mean, is there any kind of, you know, consistent line through his game that you see when it does come to passing that he hasn't been able to really kind of put it all together uh, throughout the course of the year? What's strange about watching him is there are stretches when he looks like he is destined to play on Sundays for 10 years. And then there's there are stretches where he doesn't see the whole field. Mm -hmm. like, he's missed a lot of wide open reads this year where he might be looking at the wrong side of the field so that tells me that he's not seeing the whole field clearly and managing that part uh, of, of his game but then there are other moments where he's got traits that are just very impressive like if he sees the rush coming he'll make you miss and his eyes are always downfield for a throw he doesn't he's not a one read tuck it and run guy he, he wants to make a play with his arm so that's real quarterbacking but then on the other hand if he doesn't see the rush he doesn't feel it. Some guys have that sixth sense in the eyes in the back of their head. He doesn't have that. Uh, what I found, it, the pro football focus grades sometimes are good for things like this. When he's under pressure, his numbers plummet. But when he's blitzed, the numbers are exactly the same as they are when he's not blitzed. So what does that mean? Florida State's front four has to be the difference in this game, I think. And if they are, uh, then again, you know, you get a couple few stops in the first five drives that Florida has. That's the recipe for Florida State running away and hiding in this game. And he could have impressive numbers by the time the game's over, but it won't matter because this offense still continues to hum for FSU. I think that's the path here. I also wonder how much he, say they do get down 17 to nothing in the second quarter, how much is he, if he thinks he's going pro, if he's already made his mind up that this is his last regular season game, might be his last college football game ever, actually, how much is he going to sacrifice his body Yep. down 17 points or down 21 points in the second quarter on the road for a six and five football team. Like that's, I, there is a chance that he, because I, I think there's been a complaint among Florida fans that he doesn't run enough. He doesn't exploit that a part of his, uh, his game. And there's two schools of thought here. Number one, he's putting it all on the line. He wants to showcase everything and he's going to run like he hasn't run all season, which is going to be a problem. He's 240 pounds and really fast, or he's going to shut it down. 
and just sit in the pocket, not not risk his body, get rid of the ball quick, look a lot like Jerkovic did in that game where it's like as soon as he got the ball, he's just ready, ready to let it go. Um, that That's what I wonder is like he could have two completely different mindsets depending on how this game starts out. Yeah, that's the thing. You know, I'm not always the guy who says you got to start great. Florida State has done that after the Georgia Tech game. They've been outstanding early in these football games. If you chin check this group for Florida, I wonder what their response is going to be in general because they're banged up at the receiver position. I don't know who exactly is going to be active for the game as of today, uh, but they're banged up at the receiver position. They've got one of their, uh, I think it's their linebacker that's out tonight for the first half due to the targeting call yeah. against Vanderbilt. They're banged up at the safety level. I mean, we've seen this happen now, guys, six times for Florida State where you get into that second quarter and you go, oh, no. There's no way that this offense is being stopped. So, therefore, the opponent has to be perfect on the next six drives that they get. And they're going to have to score points on every single one of those drives. There's just that kind of a feeling in the air, the vacuum for the other team. I don't know that Florida has what it takes to respond to that this particular week, given how banged up they are. And you're right, Corey, in case Anthony Richardson is looking towards the combine and not worrying about so much what's happening at Doe Campbell, but you got to get there. Uh, it's not always a, a, a must for me, but I think this one, if you can get out to a great start, I'd be very interested to see how Florida responds. I watch a good bit of the South Carolina game. I think most of it, not all of it. Um, and what caught, kind of caught my eye, what they were trying to do offensively, Tom, and you know, talking about their run game, they do average 209 yards per game. That's 15th best in the nation. Man, so much of what they were able to be successful on against South Carolina came off Came off jet motion, misdirection stuff. Not so much handing the ball off on a jet sweep, but just the jet motion of receiver going in motion, you know, putting guys, you know, and shifting. And South Carolina looking terribly, terribly confused. I don't know how much of the fact that Florida State has played so solid or the fact that they see it in practice all the time kind of really benefits uh, them in defending it against Florida. Is there any, I mean, is it simply just they're, they're a physical run game, or do you, have you seen some of those tendencies where if you can just stay disciplined, you know, the eye discipline, they should be able to, to keep them in check enough to, uh, you know, make Florida one-dimensional, or at least get off the field quickly enough to put the offense back out there. Yeah, I have. I've seen that that's a part of Florida's offense. Um, I think they got to go to that quicker in this game where, where they are looking at misdirection plays more than straight ahead. It's just I can see what Billy Napier wants to be. That's the difference right now between Florida and Miami, the two in-state rivals with their first-year head coaches. Miami, I have no idea what they're trying to do in a week in, week out basis. Like I don't, I don't see what they're building towards. I know what Gaddis did at Michigan, but it's just hard to see week to week, even when Van Dyke was healthy. Like, what do you want to be? With Florida, I can see what they're trying to do. And I wonder if they come out of some of the straight ahead stuff, Aslan, and do some more of the misdirection, uh, the jet motions, things like that. Uh, Xavier Henderson's good at that, and we'll see if he's available in this game. But I, I think that they're gonna have to run. Richardson, which they do, they, they do quarterback powers all the time, and they and they try to change where the fight's going to take place in the perimeter, and then they get their numbers, and they've got Richardson in tow. Uh, but then they also have a lot of screens and bubbles and things like that. But Florida State is remarkably prepared for all of those elements. You're right to say that in practice, when they go when they go good on good, they see that with Jordan. And they've got to worry about Jordan Travis. But think about how many mobile quarterbacks and the variety of mobile quarterbacks. Florida State has seen this season. Everything from the first real game they played against Jaden Daniels all the way through a hobbled, albeit Garrett Schrader, who is a larger body in the ilk of a guy like Anthony Richardson. They're prepared for all kinds of different and variety uh, offenses and philosophies. So, again, they're, they're getting downhill and they're making plays right now. 
Uh, this will be a different test, different level of test, because there's not a quarterback controversy about injuries or anything like that. It's been four in a row for Florida State, but they just are flying to the football. And if they get downhill and do that today, then again, they're going to put Florida in third down situations, situations, and it just and not advantageous ones, and it will just come down to can he get off the field. And I, and I think, man, when you flip to the other side of the field, if Florida State just plays normal football, just doesn't do anything out of character, no horrible turnovers, no um, rash of penalties, or nine-yard sacks or seven-yard tackles for loss, it almost doesn't matter how well the Florida State defense plays because Florida State should put up 40. Um, no, I mean, obviously, you don't want, don't want them to put up 50, but if the if the defense just has an okay game, if Florida State just has – if the offense just has an okay game too, that should equate to a 10- or 14-point win because the offense steamrolls everyone. As long as they don't get out of themselves, as long as they make the, the normal, right, simple Florida State play, don't you – it would. I'm hard pressed to see how Florida s- slows them down. And again, when you talk about Richardson's want to, if they get behind, what about just the Florida's defense in general? Their want to after losing to Vanderbilt. That's again, though. That's where a fast start comes in. Don't give them. Don't breathe life into them. Yeah. Remind them very early that they're the 98th defense in the country, and you're one of the five or six best offenses in the country. Remind them of that immediately, and they might kind of just turtle. Yeah, especially, yeah, with, just, especially with Ventrell Miller being out the first half. I mean, he's kind of the, the linchpin for their defense at this point. It's just so curious, guys. I mean, how did we get here so fast? We were talking about it in preseason camp that if these receivers are actually better, the way that they've shown in camp, the spring and the fall, then you have a, a bit more balance on offense, and it's going to be very difficult to prepare for. But they've gone from an offense that was aspiring to be explosive and balanced to I mean, college football elite, this offense right now is just so hard to prepare for. And I'm curious your guys' thoughts. When did it, I mean, when did it flip for you? Because, Corey, I remember the article you put together uh, back in the offseason, which I, was it 31.7 points was the watermark? It was something like that. That's yes. the watermark for yeah. success. I mean, how could you predict now for the War Chant reporter here on Wake Up War Chant? anything less than an output in the mid-30s for Florida State. It's just, it, it seems unreasonable to assume that they're not going to get to 35-plus in this game. When did it switch for you? Because you almost have to put that down in ink unless they're just going to give the ball away. Weirdly, it switched in a game they didn't score that many points. It was, To me, it was the Clemson game. Like, I know Jordan had some nice moments against LSU, but they scored 24 points. And then the weight game, they had that awful second quarter. Even in Clemson, when they played Clemson, that's the game where it switched for me because of what that defense is and what that does, what that defense does to just about everyone. And Florida State had no issues with it at all, none. They they they're the ones that dictated terms. They went up and down the field, and you can say, yeah, those touchdowns were in the fourth quarter. Well, the first two weren't, and then you had a fourth down play where the quarterback just made a bad decision. You probably score on that drive. You also got down to their three yard line and didn't score. On top of the two you scored in the fourth quarter when the game was still kind of in doubt. That's when I and they ran on them, and I'm like, man, if you're running on that group, okay, I, I'm convinced. I'm convinced you can run on anyone. And Georgia Tech doesn't have a bad defense, and you steamrolled that bunch. So that's what that 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 stretch Georgia Tech Clemson is when I'm like, okay, this is this is as one of the best offense literally in the United States. I think for me, it was Miami. Crazy enough. I, the Clemson game, I, I do sort of diminish what they did because I, I feel like Clemson took their foot off the gas. I felt like they, they came there for a big fight and they, they took it to Florida State and they looked up at the scoreboard. They saw the people leaving like, all right, we're done. And then Florida State was like, well, we're not. 
But Miami, I just thought all the elements were there for Miami, like a last hurrah, like rally around this one game. We can salvage everything. And, you know, they should have been off the field on a three and down or a three and out, but they targeted, I think it was targeting or passing interference, it was passing interference. And then the very next play, Jordan just goes right over the top of them. And they couldn't be stopped. I mean, Trey Benson ran right through them. And since that Miami game, like the way they've looked against Syracuse, the way they look against Louisiana has been close to unstoppable. I know not, again, uh, you know, steel curtain defense. Somebody was saying we should have shouted out the Cowboys in the 70s. They haven't played those teams. But since that Miami game, it's been a, a different caliber of like efficiency and effectiveness. And like how you were talking about, we, th- we were hoping they could be explosive and balanced. Tom, but man, you know, they're not only explosive, like they go on methodical drives too. It, these, yep. I was yep. thinking like for them to get to the 31-point threshold that, that Corey mentioned, like you need to see crazy run-after catches from Micah Pittman and this Johnny Wilson guy who's going to have to go and just moss people left and right. I did not foresee a team that was going to basically hand the ball off to whoever and get six yards and six yards and then eight yards and then four yards and then nine yards. It's just that, that combination of balance – and explosiveness has been just crazy. And I thought since the Miami game, it's really been on display. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Well, in their, in their last 30 for 35 drives, the starting offense has scored 27 times, and they've had one three and out in and 35 Trey, drives. Was that Treshawn tripping over himself? Against Louisiana. Well, that was a that was a that was a four and out. So they're thirty six wow. drives. So twenty seven out of their last thirty six, which quick math tells me that's something. It's divisible by nine. What is that? Seventy five percent. Seventy five percent. Yep. Yeah. So they're scoring. They've scored on seventy five percent of their drives, and then on top of that, they've only had one three and out in thirty six drives. That's I, I don't know that Florida. I don't even know if the thirteen team had any stretch quite like that. So that's what's they lead the nation in explosive plays. And they don't usually go off the field very quickly. Like last year when they scored, they hit a 70-yard play. They didn't have a lot of long drives. Now they do both. They just – and Florida, again, other than Tennessee, what's the best offense Florida has seen? This is it. Yeah. And they have not been good against much worse offenses. So you just, you just think if you extrapolate that, I would be very disappointed if this offense didn't score somewhere. In the, I know it's a rivalry game and goofy things happen. If they did not score somewhere in the neighborhood of 35 to 40 points against this defense, as healthy as you are, um, and as much momentum as you have, I would be very disappointed in what these guys did. Yeah, I mean, defensively right now, they're allowing 408 yards per game. That's 90th in the country. Points allowed, Florida 27. That's 77th. Um, you know, they lost Brenton Cox Jr. They kicked him out of off the program. Uh, and the thing looking at like their week to week starters, man, they've they've had a core for most of the season. They've had several guys. Javon Dexter started every single game for them. Jason Marshall, their linebacker, started every game for them. Safety Rashad Torrance has started every game for them. So there's there's no silver bullet for them. Like what they've been is who they've been is what they're going to be Friday night against Florida State. They they're running the same guys out there. The only thing that gives you concern, and you mentioned it, Corey, is just holding on to the ball because they do lead 
the conference, the SEC in takeaways. They've had 23, and they are eighth yeah. in the nation in turnover margin. They've they've had seven games where they've had more than one turnover created. So uh, they do take chances. Florida State, as long as they don't fall into those sort of traps, I just you know hard to imagine them not hitting. Well, what do you say? You know, Tom, 35, 32? I yeah. mean, you know, that's. I, I think so. I, I think, you know, I know what I'm saying about uh, it, it's hard. And Corey was correct, too, to not pencil in or ink in, you know, 32 to 45 points for Florida State or, or whatever you know benchmark you want to set. The thing to me is the only path for Florida to win this football game, and they wanted to do this against Tennessee, but they got behind, so they had to chase. They want to hold on to the ball on offense. That's the best defense that they can play. Yeah. Is, is long drives. And so if you get them into a third and six, be alert on the quarterback run. They like to run also in, in third and longs. It's really strange. Napier is, is weird like that. I've seen that consistently across the season. Also, he's not afraid to go on uh, fourth down, fourth and two from anywhere on the field. So, you know, yeah, even that's if, true. Third down, if they call third and six a run up the middle, gain of four, and they're on their own 28, they might still go for it. Uh, so Florida State has to be prepared for that. But the game plan and the path for Florida is your quarterback has to be NFL caliber. And then also your time of possession has to be probably 35 plus or 36 plus. That's the way that you that you devise a plan to beat Florida State. But this defense gets off the field and you give the offense 10 possessions. Good night. You got I mean, weird crap has to happen in order for it not to materialize. I mean, look, we just said it. Even if they just play a little bit under their recent percentage, if this first team offense gets 10 possessions the way they've been playing, they're going to score on seven of them. Right. Now they might all they're not all going to be touchdowns, maybe, but if five of them are and then you hit two field goals, well, all right, we are 41 points. And that's just them playing average. And again, I should say, out of this whole group of, of four in a row that they've won, Florida statistically has the worst defense of the of the last five opponents they face. Maybe the worst defense they've faced since I don't know Boston College. So again, if they just don't, if they just treat them, and I know they won't because it's Florida, it's going to be a night game, it's Black Friday, it's going to be a raucous crowd. If they could just treat Florida like it's Syracuse, like the orange is a Syracuse orange, and not get out of themselves, and not play different or a little tight or a little skittish because of the the stakes. They, they should they should score 35 to 40 points easily. This is not a good defense at all. Special teams isn't great either. And they I think they says here that Billy Napier calls a special teams coordinator the game changer coordinator. But hmm. they pretty much just opt for a touchback whenever you kick the ball off to them. And I heard some crazy stat, I think during the South Carolina game, because they I want to say they had two field goals blocked in that game, at least one. But they at that point had six blocked kicks against so their special teams is also like that that edge like maybe that x factor kind of a thing that's florida state's calling card and florida is woefully bad woefully woefully bad papuchas is the program changer yeah he's not just changing our season changer he's not just settling for changing games uh yeah that's i guess you can change games in a negative way too that's six block kicks i can't be right no they've had six kicks blocked yeah wow yeah so all right so, with all that said, Saturday looks like probably keg stands, most, more than likely keg stands forecast. Let's not jinx it. Let's not jinx it, Aslan. Well, I, I mean, Yeah, I, I think on the... Well, uh, I'm, I'm trying to be clever about asking for a score. Instead of asking for a score prediction, oh, Corey, you know, I'm just gotcha. making it, you know, easier to pick a side. 
I think on the watch along uh, and the post game show, there there will be a lower third or a graphic or something that just says keg stands with exclamation points if if they can pull it off. Uh, I just what I love about their chances beyond you know I think they can win both lines of scrimmage, which is going to help monumentally, is the way they approach Miami, the maturity with which they approach Miami, yeah. and then again on Monday that Mike Norvell himself called into question. Their approach last year, Gainesville in the swamp, and how they got sucked into, you know, all the extracurriculars rather than focusing on the opponent at hand. I saw Alex Atkins on Monday as well say that they tried to beat Florida rather than trying to play as themselves, rather than try to be the best that they can be. Uh, that they're self-aware and they're willing to talk about these things, it just gives me much more confidence that Florida State is not going to fall into some emotional trap again. I think they're going to handle business that way and. They really have to play outside of themselves in order to let Florida in this game. So yeah. I would rate the uh, the uh, TLPI, the Tom Lang Power Index, says that there is a 79% chance of keg stands on Saturday at 1130 mm. at the Corner Pocket Bar and Grill. I think that's very close, Tom, to the uh, ESPN FPI percentage. I think they had Florida State at 77% chance. Correct. 76.9. Yeah. They, they did not remember to carry the one in, in one particular part. Correct, of yeah. You're a lot closer to 80. You're rounded up to 80 either way. So both of you guys think 80% chance. I think that's fair. I think there's a 20% chance that things could go horribly wrong. What about the point total? 58. Kind of want to take the under on it. I don't, I'm not yeah. a big, I'm not a, I, I hate, who likes rooting for the under? Nobody. Weird people. <laughs> I feel like the under might be the play there. The rivalry games blows. can be goofy. They can be a little tight. Uh, offenses maybe don't fly up and down the field all that much, but yeah, I mean, 34 to 24, that doesn't seem outlandish, does it? Yeah, right. it's just if, if Anthony Richardson looks like the Kentucky or USF version of Anthony Richardson, Florida State could hit that number by themselves. Yeah, and That's yeah, true. UF ain't getting a 24. Yeah. Have you figured out what you're going to do, Corey, Saturday, if they were to win? What's your contribution to the... I don't even want to think about it, Aslan, okay. because I don't want to jinx it. I just oh, want to be spur of the moment, kind of figure out what happens, what takes... It's like when Michael Jordan would leap in the air to dunk. He said he didn't know what he was going to do in a dunk contest till he was in the air. Huh. That's kind of how I'll be on Saturday. I won't know what I'll do until I'm... I'm I could dry hump a keg. A oh, keg. I, I don't oh. know. There's a lot of... There's a lot of... <laughs> there's a lot of things we could do, gang. There's a lot of avenues... We could go down some dark roads. I don't know. I got some issues for sure. They call that the Pat Hayden hug. That's what they call that. <laughs> you remember that years ago? I forget who USC had beaten, but Pat Hayden hugged his coach, jumped in his arms. It might have been Lane. And then he wrapped his legs around him. It was really <laughs> Yeah. Funny. Yeah, that was a little odd. Yeah, maybe I'll do that. I'll just bear hug a keg. Tom Lang, thanks for joining us again. Let, let's plug War Chant Game Day. I'll be doing the first half atop there. Uh, you and Dominic Robinson. I think Dominic, right? Will he be, uh, will he be rocking and rolling on Friday night? Yep, should be. And then the post-game show. So come join us at Hotel Indigo. Doors open at 4 o'clock. 4.30 starts at the pregame show. And certainly for all of you that are making your way to Tallahassee today, safe travels and hope you all had a good Thanksgiving. Awesome. Thank you, Tom. Thanks, guys. I'm thankful for you both. Oh, mm, that's sweet. I beat Corey to the punch this time. <laughs> you did, man. You did. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. 
Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. My bookie has a no-strings bonus that lets you cash in and cash out quick. Sports betting is intense enough, so you shouldn't have to sweat those payouts. Use the promo code WAKEUP on a deposit of $50 or more, and you could receive up to $200 in cash instantly to your MyBookie account. Using the bonus is simple. Bet your deposit amount just once, and then you're ready to cash out. No strings attached with MyBookie. Hammer this bonus so you can focus on the rest of your Thanksgiving weekend. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere, only with MyBookie. Promo code is WAKEUP, all one word. All right, Corey, I don't, I don't like any of these. Uh, I'm down five to seven. I've, I've been five and seven on the year. You're seven and five. Here are my picks. A stinky, gross line. Arkansas at Missouri uh, later on this Friday afternoon. Missouri f- giving up three and a half at home. Uh, I think I'll take the three and a half points uh, if I'm okay. at Missouri. Nebraska getting nine and a half at Iowa. I almost want to go money line on this, but I'll take nine and a half points in the Huskers. And then I'm going to take the over on Louisville and Kentucky. Common, not, the Commonwealth Cup, is that what they call it? Who knows? Yeah, the, 40. The, bluegrass, the bluegrass battle, who knows what they call it. It's Kroger, not as cool as the Sunshine, what is what is the Sunshine State Showdown? Yeah, that's Whatever right. the Florida State, Florida one is. Oh, yeah, tasty. 43 and a half points. Come on, guys. Come on. You can get more than 43 and a half combined. Those are my three picks. I, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna regret it again. I certainly regret last week because I spent my real money last week, gang. Uh, but I'm gonna take North Carolina minus six and a half at home against NC State. There's just no way they lay another egg. I know I don't even know who NC State's quarterback is now. I know they have a very good defense and a proud defense. But when your offense is that bad, you're gonna lose. You're just gonna lose focus for a few drives. And I, it's only six and a half. And I just think North Carolina is gonna win by ten. So that seems like an easy one to me. I like get. I like. I'm gonna go out west. Do as it on Friday. Later on today, both these games are today actually. Um, California at home getting ten oh. against UCLA. Heartbroken Not, Bruins. Heartbroken. Um, their defense is horrible. They're on the road. It just seems like an absolute letdown game. California is not hor- is not terrible. Um, they kind have a, of are. I mean, they're not terrible. Terrible. They right. competent enough. They're a bowl team, right? So I like uh, I like them to cover. Uh, I don't know if they'll win, but I think th- I think that'll be a close game. And then just because it's the biggest game, uh, you did it too. I I I getting Michigan getting seven and a half. I think Michigan might be the better team, man. Oh. No, but okay. I'm worried about I'm worried about them. Their running back, right? Because they look Corum. really yeah, bad. Blake, yeah, Blake Corum. Without him, that offense did not do well. So with that alone, even though I just I think Michigan's the better team, they're playing in Columbus. They probably won't have their star offensive player. I think it will be a probably a close game, but I I feel like Ohio State will do what they did to Maryland, be up by three to four points, and then score another one late to put it away. So I guess I have Ohio State covering. I really, when I first started talking Aslan, I was like, I'm taking Michigan. And then I talked myself into taking Ohio State. So there you go. 
Take take all those, please, for what they're worth. What they are worth, if you make all of the picks that we just gave you, that is Missouri plus three and a half, Nebraska plus nine and a half, the over on Louisville, Kentucky, which is 43 and a half, Ohio State minus eight, Cal plus 10, as well as North Carolina minus six and a half. If you put those all together in what they call a parlay and you put $50 down, you hit it, you would win $2,350. Just saying, y'all. Just saying. Thanks for listening to this edition of Wake Up War Chant, presented by the Corner Pocket Bar and Girl on behalf of Tom McCory. Hope you all had a great Thanksgiving. We'll see you either online or in person, hopefully, as we get ready for the Florida game, 730 ABC. Let's go.